All right, folks, friends, near and far, um, it is such a pleasure to be back again. Um, this is the first episode of the new season of the Soul Sessions podcast for 2022. I took a break. Um, I think the last episode that aired was uh, sometime in December of last year in 2021, which I think we can collectively agree was a really long, long year. Um, and now we are in February, February 10th of 2022, new year, new opportunities, new possibilities, all the wonderful things. And I'm so excited to um, launch a new episode. Um, I wanted to also, before I, I dive into the topic today, I wanted to mention that I want to keep the length of this, um, of my episodes, this one and uh, future ones like it, um, around 30 to 35 minutes, because I understand that all of us have so much on our plate that we're doing. And sometimes it's hard to stay attentive to a 45 minute or an hour long episode. I really appreciate all of you tuning in for that long in my previous episodes, which all were at least an hour, if not more. So I really want to say a giant thank you to all of you for, for allowing your attention to stay with me. Uh, but for this year and moving forward, I want to keep it nice, short, sweet, and powerful. So the topic that we're going to dive into today is actually a topic that's near and dear to my heart, as most of them are. But this one in particular, because it deals with the topic of parentification. And if you've never heard this term, um, or if you've never heard terms similar to it, which is parentified child or parentified children, we're going to be discussing the definition of what this is, how it shows up for a lot of us. And I'm going to ask some questions to kind of um, see if this is something that you relate to or if you can resonate. And it's okay if you don't. If you don't have an experience of this in your life, then that's perfectly okay. Um, but just listening to it can really, I think, give you some food for thought for how other people deal with this in their childhood experiences. Also, as a disclaimer, I am recording this from the comfort of my car uh, because I went for a walk today because for the first time uh, this year, it has been 54 degrees um, and it's just absolutely beautiful and I cannot pass up that kind of weather. So I am recording this from my car. So if you hear background noises, that's just the liveliness of people welcoming early spring. All right. So let's get into what parentification is. I'm going to read from a website just so that I can reference exactly the definition that most of the time you may find online. So parentification is essentially role reversal. This happens most often to children who are young um, in your childhood experience. And it's a role reversal that you have with your parent, whether it's a single parent, both parents, or guardians who raise you. That could be other family members, um, someone in your community, etc. The role reversal means that as a child, you have to step up and step in to either take care of your parent, help your parent, help your siblings, one or many, do things around the house that take on more of an adult responsibility, an adult role. So this could look like, um, you know, if you were younger and you, um, you know, you were raised by a single mom or a single dad, um, this could mean that you had to step in and take care of, of sort of upholding that imbalance of just having one parent in the house. It could be 
um, having to cook your own food for yourself. If you had siblings or anyone that you had to take care of and you were the older, older sibling, you having to step in and make sure they got up for school and that they did their homework. And especially in situations where the parent um, had to work extra hours or had multiple jobs, you as the parentified child would have to step in around the house and make sure that other children, your siblings, were taken care of. Um, really, that reversal, that role reversal, that parent role is something that you would have to take on at a young age when really all you wanted and all you should have had was the responsibility of just being a child or the role and the title of just being a child. So a parentified child, as the name somewhat suggests, is this role reversal, is this added sort of, in my own words, burdensome role and responsibility of taking on adult-like duties for a child who should just be a child, right? In my own life experience, um, I mean, I when I was going through um, the research on parentified children and when I was working with that with my therapist, um, I really am the poster child of a parentified child. And this is not just me. I think a lot of us are like this. So the questions that I'm going to ask now, start, start to see how this, um, how this applies to you. So were you an older sibling who had to take care of your younger brother or younger sister or multiple siblings when your parents were away or if um, your parents worked multiple jobs or long hours? Were you in some way, shape, or form responsible for anyone other than yourself in your childhood experience? Did you have to take care of a parent, whether they had any physical ailments or mental health concerns? Were you responsible for ensuring that your parent um, was getting up to go to work on time, was um, taking care of you, was you know, getting the mail, paying the bills, um, keeping the house in order? Or on the other side, were you in a situation in your upbringing, in your family, where let's say you had to be an emotional um, support system for your parent, um, whether your parent went through a divorce or um, had any health issues or concerns, where that parent is now relying on you as their child to emotionally help them through their life not realizing that you don't have that mental and emotional capacity and bandwidth to be able to support them. And if you can answer yes or somewhat yes to any of these, you may be a parentified child. Now, this is definitely not a set in stone, you know, it's not very clear cut black and white sort of a topic. This is something that, um, that is very nuanced and something that you should probably take up with either a therapist or a professional who can, who can kind of dive deeper into this topic and how it relates to your family. But I love the, the concept of, of diving into this work because I think it sheds so much light on our childhood upbringing and our experiences in childhood. It almost, to me, makes me feel a little bit liberated to know that there's a term for something like that. So for, for um, just for example, so that you can maybe relate. In my own life experience, I was, you know, I, as I said, I think I'm like the poster child of a parentified child. Um, I take on, you know, all, I took on all the roles and I check, I click off all the, the check boxes, if you will, for what a parentified child is. Now, my parents were happily married when I was um, a young girl or when I was a kid. 
So I didn't have the the experience of of living with a single parent or being raised by a single parent. But I mean, I grew up in, you know, in poverty and we grew up in very difficult times having, you know, being refugees and going through war. And a lot of that trauma, um, you know, as the older sibling, a lot of that trauma was sort of passed down to me. I don't think because my parents directly wanted to do that, but because it sort of fell on me in in an indirect subconscious kind of a way. So what happened was that I was picking up slack in terms of taking care of my brother. I was um, emotionally there to, you know, listen to my mom either complain or vent or um, uh, come to me with all of her fears, anxieties, and worries, and just use me sort of as a sounding board. Now, as a young child, what happens and why this is toxic is because young kids don't have the bandwidth and the capacity to be able to sit with some of these topics and to be able to listen to their parents and hold space. Kids just don't have that capacity. We're, we're young. We're, we're trying to figure our own selves out, right? Or, or we need parents and we need adults to be able to teach us how to do such things. Now, again, I come from this from the mentality of, you know, not blaming my parents or not blaming my mom or anyone around me, but I come from it from the mentality of understanding that um, a lot of times when adults are overwhelmed, they need an outlet. And sometimes if they're not already in right relationships with other people, other adults in their circles to whom they can, you know, um, complain to or, or at least share their feelings with, a lot of times their kids become those people. Um, and sometimes I wonder if parents look at their kids, especially in these situations where there's a lot of emotionality, and a lot of traumas perhaps to deal with. I wonder if parents look at their kids from the lens of um, how they wish those kids were or how they want them to look, how they want them to be, the roles that they wish they were in, uh, i.e. to be able to support them and hold space for them versus looking at their kids as they are in the moment, right? Just children who are still developing and who cannot hold the the magnitude of emotion um, and energy that sometimes adults have within themselves, right? So that's kind of my experience. I I did a lot of emotional um, holding, if I can call it that, in my childhood from my parents. Um, I don't know if it was because I was the kid who would listen or I was the kid who just felt like someone who could uh, be the the listening ear or or the the person in the room that you can come to and just unload all of your all of your you know troubles and things. Um, but I took on a lot of that burden and it took me many, a long time, many years to really start to discern between what are my fears and anxieties in life just generally from, you know, living as a human being. And then what are fears and anxieties that I have adopted and still carry from my role as a parentified child? So this is something that you can also ask yourself and see where might that land for you if it does. And it's okay if it doesn't. So, um, with that in mind, I had to to kind of sift through a lot of mud, if you will, to start to let go of all of these um, emotions and energies that I've been holding and carrying that are not mine, never were, but that I still carried with me, start to let go of them, start to address them so that I could let go of them and then focus more on my own emotionality, on my own feelings, right? One thing that comes up a lot for parentified children is boundaries. That's one. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But the other thing that comes up a lot is 
healing and addressing your own emotions, right? Your own emotionality, your own energetic body, all of your thoughts, all your feelings, emotions, right? Addressing it as they sit within you so that they're not tied to these old stories from parents or uh, family members or people who raised you. That's really, I think, the crux of it is because when you are a parentified child, when you are holding space for all these other people in your family, you tend to um, disconnect from yourself, whether that is disconnecting from how you physically feel, from how you emotionally feel, from your mental faculties. It's this idea of disconnecting so that you can have space and bandwidth and time to hold everyone else's emotions, right? To be there for everyone else and do what needs to be done in the home or for the family unit. So that disconnection as a young child, when you're still developing, is really, it's to me really sad and unfortunate because we are in that developmental stage when, when we're young. We're learning how to connect to our bodies. We're learning how to connect to our emotions, especially to our feelings. We're learning how to articulate them and recognize them so that when we are adults, we're not just um, bypassing our intuitive signals. We can sit with ourselves and recognize the emotions and know that they are true. But when you are a parentified child, there's, there's that disconnect, that bridge between yourself and who you are and all of your faculties just is not strong enough or sometimes not even there. And it creates that discord that you start to feel in adulthood or early adulthood. For me, I started feeling that when I, um, when I didn't know how to deal with all of my anxieties. Um, before I learned that most of those anxieties were not really my own. They were my mom's or my dad's or my brother's or any other member of my family whose emotions I have taken on as my own because I wanted to, you know, be the the fixer and the savior and the one who, you know, came in and, and cleaned everything up. That's the role that I was sort of given as a parentified child. And I've carried that with me, you know, well into adulthood. So now there's this process of reparenting myself. And I will probably um, have another episode around how to reparent yourself. I think that's a whole topic in and of itself that I'd love to talk about. So uh, be on the lookout for that one next time. But right now, this idea that I'm starting to shed all of these old anxieties that are not mine, all of these old emotions, most importantly, all the old roles and titles that I was given as a parentified child, right? So starting to let go of those and coming into myself. And that's the idea of starting to reconnect with yourself. It, there's, I think a lot of, tends to be a lot of guilt around coming back and reconnecting with yourself, especially for, re, uh, for parentified children. There's a lot of guilt. And the reason why that is, is because we have this sort of uh, unspoken contract, this bond with our family that goes far beyond just family love and support. There's this almost contract that you have with your family as a parentified child that says, I have this role, I've been given this role from a very young age, and now I must uphold this role. Because if I don't look at my family as as the, you know, one all end all be all, if it's not the one core center of my universe, then I feel that I'm not, you know, I'm not doing the right thing by my family. I feel like I'm a bad daughter or son or um, cousin or whatever the case may be, right? We have that guilt when we start to reconnect with ourselves because we're so used 
to being the parentified child. We're so used to being the one who, um, you know, the, the, the adult who had to step in, put their childhood on pause and take care of what needed to be taken care of. And so there is an immense amount of guilt. What I've learned as sort of the, the healing side of that is that if I do start to feel guilt from stepping away from my family and focusing more on myself, that guilt I know is now my body's way of saying you're on the right path. The resistance that you feel is actually change. It's actually moving away from what you've always known, the familiar, and moving more in the direction of now charting a new path for yourself. It's almost like I have a second chance of not just being a child again, but a second chance of, of developing again, right? Um, it obviously looks a lot different in adulthood than it would have in childhood, but there's this sense of reparenting myself, reconnecting with myself, and starting that developmental process again so that I may continue to be healthy in the years to come. So if you feel guilt around, um, you know, saying no to family members more, stepping away from that same family dynamic that you're always, you know, that you're, that you're used to or that's expected of you especially, if you do feel a lot of guilt around that, I say go with the guilt, even though that might sound a little bit counterintuitive follow the guilt because it really does uh, make a difference. That guilt is you separating from, from the comfort zone, separating from that bubble that you were kind of uh, encouraged or forced to live in and moving in your own direction, right? That's, I think that's the, that's the, the silver siding, the silver siding, that's not the right term, the silver lining. <laughs> the silver lining of guilt is knowing that it actually is a good thing. Feeling guilty is a good thing. It means that you're moving you're resisting what you have always known and moving in the direction that you want for your highest good. Um, now, the other topic I want to talk about with the time that we have left is um, boundaries. Boundaries are probably the most beautiful and the most, the hardest lesson that I think any of us can learn in our life. Um, they're hard because, again, they question and start to push back against what we have always known. They start to push back against the comfort and the conveniences and somewhat the complacency of what we have been taught or what we've taken on um, as our role in our family. So if you are the, the one person in your family that's always assigned to being the emotional um the emotional soundboard or the emotional, um, the, the quote unquote unofficial family therapist. If that's you, if you're the person that everyone comes to, to seek advice or to vent or to complain or be there for them every time they fall apart or have a problem or need someone to, you know, um, just take on all of their emotions. If you're that, if you're that person, if you were that child, especially, and that's your role, then boundaries are going to be key for you. They're also going to be incredibly challenging, but they're challenging because this role that you have taken on or that's been placed upon you, this role is, is, has been around, in, you know, around for, for decades probably of your life, depending on how, uh, how old you are, but has probably been around for a really long time. So to say no to that, to start to move away from that, it's going to start to trigger again that feeling of guilt. And at the same time, it's going to also trigger the people 
that um, have benefited from you staying in that role. So if you were the unofficial family therapist, and now all of a sudden you're saying, no, I don't want to be that anymore. I'm stepping away from this role and doing my own thing. The people that benefited from you being available are going to be triggered. They're going to be mad. They're going to be, um, you know, they're going to maybe, hopefully not, but sometimes say things to you that uh, make you feel even more guilty for stepping away. Just know that if that happens, that's them, um, that's them experiencing change. And change is hard for everybody. No one wants change. Not really. The ego side of us does not want change. It wants things to stay the, the, the way they've always been. And also, if you are giving your time, your attention, your resources, your emotional um, uh, space for someone else to be able to make sense of their own life or, or move through their daily routines, if you are giving something that precious, like your time and attention to someone else, and now all of a sudden you're taking your power back and saying no and putting boundaries in place, the person that's benefited from you being available all the time is obviously going to be mad. They're obviously going to be triggered because now they're losing um, something that they've honestly always taken advantage of. That kind of change can be very triggering for a lot of people. It is not your job. It is not your job to ensure that they're okay. It is not your job to ensure that your boundaries make other people comfortable or that your boundaries make sense to anybody else. Your boundaries are only for you, meaning that they make sense to you. They serve and support you. How they are translated to someone else, how someone else understands them or interprets them, that's their journey. You don't have to be responsible for um, clearing that up or justifying it or explaining it or dumbing it down or whatever the case is, right? Part of that is still um, trying to plug away from that parentified child role because we've also, within those parentified child roles, we're also used to... Um, having to explain ourselves all the time, having to justify why we do something. Um, and a lot of times you do things in your life because you want to. You don't have to explain yourself to anybody. So stepping away from that and practicing just being okay with your choices and your own decisions and not having to explain them to someone else, that is also a way to reparent yourself. It's also a way to step away from that uh, parentified child um, uh, limitation, if you will. So boundaries are really important. And I say this not so that I uh, um, make it sound like boundaries are easy. They're not. They're hard because um, we're creating boundaries around other people, right? And we still very much want our families and our loved ones to respect and appreciate our boundaries. We, we very much would love it if they could just say, oh, yeah, sure, I understand this. And yes, you are entitled to your privacy and your peace and your alone time and whatever your boundary might be. But we all know that that's not, that's not really how it works. You know, the, the practicality of life is that most of the time, the people who you set boundaries around are going to um, most likely negatively react to your boundaries. And this is, again, because they have benefited from you. They have benefited from you giving them their time. They have benefited from you giving them resources, whatever they might be, whether it's money, whether it's intimacy, whether it's um, uh, a listening ear, anything other that's tangible, materialistic, a roof over their head, whatever the case is, 
they have benefited from you giving them something. Now that you're taking away and, and limiting how much you give of yourself, now that is going to be a trigger for them. And again, there's this um, feeling of guilt that usually surfaces. And I want you to, again, follow that guilt. I always say, and again, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but if you feel that guilt, it means that you're on the right path. It means that your practice of setting boundaries and reconnecting with yourself and taking back your own power, it means that they're working, right? It's a great thing. It means that they are working. These practices that you're putting into place are working if you feel guilt. Because guilt is saying, oh, I am now moving into new uncharted territory. I am now moving into reconnecting with myself for myself. And this is new information. This is a new experience. Because as parentified children, we don't have that experience. More often than not, as a parentified child, the experience that we do have is always rooted in making other people happy, making our families happy, making sure that they're safe and healthy and taken care of. It's always everyone else before you. Now that you're pausing that, stopping that, cutting it out, and coming back to yourself, you are essentially reparenting yourself. And of course, it's going to be a little bit scary and new, and you don't have anything to, you know, to reference because you're doing it from scratch. And that's okay. You now get to call the shot. So this is a little bit of a preview into our next episode that will be about parentification. But this idea that um, with the life experience and wisdom and knowledge that you have now as an adult, you are capable, you are capable and resourceful to be able to parent yourself in a way that you probably didn't have when you were a child. So putting practices into place that serve you, um, making sure that you have your basic and primal needs met for you. And again, we'll talk about this in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. But I just wanted to preface that a little bit because I think it really nicely connects with this idea that we're talking about of how guilt can often make us want to, you know, stay in that comfort zone, stay in those roles and titles um, that don't serve us. But we have a choice. We have the choice to say no, to bear the, the unpleasant feeling of that guilt, but move forward anyway for our own health, for our own safety, for our own healing, and for our own, you know, manifestations and goals in life that we want to, that we want to create and make happen uh, and welcome, right? All of us have goals that we want for ourselves, dreams that you've always wanted to, to um, create for yourself. This is the path. First, you have to detach from what's keeping you in the past, from what's keeping you perhaps um, uh, loyal and obligated to roles and titles that just don't serve you anymore. So that's the gist of as much as I can summarize parentified children from the research that I've done on my own and from my own life experience and what I've uncovered in my own therapy sessions and my own healing, this is kind of the summary of that. And I really invite you to take the time to um, just sit with yourself and sit with your experiences and memories from your past and from your childhood and see how this resonates if it does. You know, start to ask some of, some of these questions. Um, what kind of childhood did I have? Was I responsible for something or someone 
that took me away from just being a child, right? And this this happens to so many of us. And it's, again, not a practice of placing blame on parents or guardians. That's not what this is. This is just being aware. I firmly believe that no one in um, no one in our family does anything to hurt us intentionally. Of course, there are unfortunately exceptions in this world, and it's quite sad, you know, if it does happen out of out of maliciousness. But a lot of times, families don't do um, you know such things to kids to uh, be um, ill-intentioned or to or to be mean or bad parents or bad people. They do it because they're overwhelmed, they're overworked. If they're young parents and had kids when they were young, they had no idea what they were doing and they're learning. And again, everything that your parents do, everything that they did to you or for you uh, while you were a child that didn't serve you, that didn't meet your basic needs, that was done because they are also operating from their own samskaras. In yoga, we call this samskaras or wounds. They're operating from their own triggers and traumas from their own childhood that are often left unprocessed, unforgiven, unhealed, right? So I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to bring this up as a sense of, oh, you know, my mom was wrong or my dad was wrong or my family did this to me because they were bad people. No, parentified children um, take on the responsibilities of adults because there's something lacking in the family dynamic that allows a child to develop as a child and gives the adult the necessary support system and the necessary tools and resources to be able to act as an adult. And this could be poverty. This could be environmental or um, uh, um, uh, economic hardships. Uh, race plays a huge part in this. Um, where you live, how you live, uh, you know, domestic abuse, war, um, famine, uh, refugees, um, a- any kind of you know, mental health, um, illness, whether physical, mental, emotional, anything, really anything can be a detriment to a family to the point where an older child, an older sibling steps in and has to, you know, um, pick up the weight or pick up the slack. This happens a lot and it's very nuanced and it's very subtle. And it could be something, you know, very intense as, as uh, a parentified child picking up a lot of slack and acting almost as a second parent. Or it could be very subtle in the, in the, in the sense that maybe, you know, from the outset, it was a perfect, happy family. Both parents are available and both parents are in, in, in a home, you know, domestic bliss, if you can call it that. But there's also nuances of parentified children where uh, an older child might be responsible for their younger sibling. Or there's this expectation from the parent that you, as the older child, would know better, would have to do more, you know. So there's, there's uh, as I said, nuances and subtleties. But parentified children, I think, I think that thread runs through everyone. Um, and I think it's really powerful to start to explore that and see if that resonates for you, how it might resonate. And this is not something that you need to necessarily fix for yourself or in your life. This is just a sense of being more aware. Um, I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that there's a sense of liberation when you start to dive into this work. I know it has been very liberating for me. And the reason why I bring that up is because it, it, it almost frees you from thinking that there was something that you did wrong or um, frees you from blaming yourself in any capacity, frees you also from thinking that you didn't do enough or that you are responsible for your family even now in adulthood. 
there is this unshackling, I think, that happens when we start to explore how we were parentified as children. And if you start to address some of these um, experiences, just start to recognize and bring more uh, awareness and, and acknowledgement of them. Really, I think what happens is we can start to then move and shift into uh, taking back our own power and starting to say no more. And, um, you know, from, from a very uh, compassionate place, not saying no uh, to instigate anger or arguments, but saying no so that you can create and honor those boundaries for yourself. And then start to move into that process of reparenting yourself, of, of taking back your own power and just pouring back into yourself. Um, there's always going to be um, areas in any family, I believe, where um, other family members are going to be called upon to help support someone, to help give advice, to help, um, you know, to help uh, provide shelter or assistance of some kind, whatever it is. Yes. However, we need to learn how to balance what we can give to others from the space of do we have enough to give from ourselves? Are we ourselves full and can we give? And if not, then, then no, we cannot give at this time. We need to take care of ourselves. So to honor time that I promised would be the link for this episode, I wanted to stop there. If you have any questions or want to share some of your experiences or have any further wisdom that you'd like to share, please feel free to uh, connect with me um, on my website. It is linked here um, on this podcast uh, description. So feel free to reach out, drop me an email, connect with me on social media. I am on Instagram these days. Um, I will have that linked in the description as well. So feel free to connect um, just so that we can continue this conversation. I think it's a really powerful one. I will catch you guys again in the next uh, recording, in the next episode. Stay tuned for that. Feel free to also subscribe to my newsletter on my website where you'll be able to get email notifications of everything I'm offering these days, the best way to stay in touch. And that is free and it comes out every quarter. So until the next episode, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your night, your day, your week ahead, and I will catch you again soon. Until then, peace out.